I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> this first ad is from Jim Duffied. I guess. Duffied? Yeah, Duffied? this is a Fender, Mar- a Fender Mustang USA charcoal edition, a la Jimi Hendrix. I really think it's uh, neat that Fender worked so closely with Kingsford to come out with a signature Mustang. Well... The description on this is a uh, Fender Mustang made and fired up in the USA, alder body, very hot, real relic, maple neck with charcoal fingerboard, missing some frets and all dots. All chrome parts are very tarnished. Tuner buttons in melted condition, broken E-string can be replaced easily. An interesting conversation piece for long winter nights. Also a great Christmas present. Yeah, great Christmas present. How much are they asking for this? Did it say what the wood is made out of? Um... It's they're asking nine hundred and ninety dollars. This is I don't know what the the neck is maple. The body I would assume oh alder body. This is like a the real deal. I think deal. they should have gone with hickory. Well, this this is a real I prefer, deal. I prefer cherry. I just when I'm when I'm smoking. My thought is you know um, nine hundred ninety dollars really isn't that bad if you have a pressure cooker. You throw this thing in there for a couple hours and you got yourself yeah, yeah. got yourself a diamond. Well, you know really at the place that it's right now. This is the perfect point to wrap it in foil and let it rest because that crust on there is just going to it's going to mix with the steam locked inside of the guitar and it's going to form this thick just delicious gravy sitting in the base of it like I'm telling you wrap, wrap it in foil where it's at right now it's going to be really good and let it rest uh, <laughs> so what are you saying this is this is a legit Mustang this is like a this is like because the tuners are like the Fender F style tuners do you think it's vintage? Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at a Mustang that, for the audio listeners, that is just completely burned. I'm surprised there's really, like, how did how did it get this burned and then stop the process? Like, I don't know. Because it's so burned that you're surprised it's not ash, really. Yeah. But then a lot of stuff is still there. The pickups are still there. The switches are still there. The pit guard is gone, though. Mm. Apparently some frets fell out. Oh really? But the tuners are gone too because the the tuning uh, yeah. buttons melted away. But so, I, I feel like I feel like this neck is probably salvageable. The pickups actually look really cool because that because it's a Mustang pickup. Yeah. Um, you think there's any chance they still work? So the no no they don't. I'm sure they don't work. But it looks cool because the pickup casing has like melted into yeah the pickup itself. I bet there's. I bet this is more salvageable than it looks at first glance. Like there's a nice, like, chunky patina of charcoal across the entire body, but you look at the back of the headstock of the neck, and I feel like you you scrape away everything. You have to scrape away the nut and the tuners and the frets, and you have to start from square one with this thing. Yeah. But I think a nice light polish to the burn stuff, but leave it like where you're getting some burned things going on underneath it. I think it could look really cool. I think there might, I think the structural integrity of the neck is still there because it really does just look like a surface burn, right? Yeah. Well, so I'm looking at the back of the headstock. The back of the headstock doesn't look completely terrible. I guess the body actually, I think the body is definitely salvageable. Yeah, I think so too. It, it really would just come down because to... it's not going through to the wood. It's like the the paint gummed up and burned. Yeah, so I think it would really come down to like how 
Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to take the whole thing apart, you're going to take the whole thing apart. But I was going to say, it's going to depend on like how hard it is to remove all of like the, the metal parts, because it definitely looks like some of the metal um, has like, like you said, like the finish, like the finish has melted, but then it seems like the finish has like melted and then the knob survived. Somehow. Yeah. It's like this, the finish has melted and then like kind of like re-solidified or like, yeah, so yeah. it's almost like it's locking the, some of that stuff in place. I'm saying like, like do a light sand on this. Don't try to take it down to wood, but yeah. like see what happens when you start taking back that, that burned up patina and there might be like a really cool look hiding underneath this thing or just like knock it down a little bit and clear coat it and leave mm-hmm. that charcoal look. I'd want to keep as much as that metal hardware as possible with that burned look on it. Cause it's kind of cool. Obviously you're gonna have to scrap the pickups and the switches are gonzo and probably, you know, the pots and the internal wires and whatnot. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying if those pickups, cause it's metal, metal doesn't burn. I think it comes down to whether the heat was hot enough to burn the copper wire. Cause the copper wire is so fine. Yeah. If you get a single break in that copper wire, then it's done. Yeah, right? that's true. And if if everything is like, even if it, like I said, like it looks like the top of it melted and then resolidified, there's a pretty good chance that the actual bobbin is toast. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I think you're just gonna have to scrape all that stuff out. It's done. Yeah. For. So nine hundred and ninety dollars. What do you think? I think the price is outrageous. Even if it, I mean, it's a USA, it doesn't say the year, does it? No. Even if this is, you know, like I'd guess a desirable year. I can't see paying more than, I'm, I'm having 600 flash in my head. You know, one of the problems with this. Uh, Which seems is- unreasonable still. Uh, Super Rich Steve is conflicted about this guitar. It's already burned. It's already been Steve burned. Steve feels the way about the Super Rich Steve feels the way about this that other people feel about relics. Like this is already someone if, already did if the fun I can't stuff. Burn it. Someone already did the fun thing. Then why why am I gonna buy it? <laughs> Super Rich Steve buys this and then hires a guitar tech to restore it in the driveway of the person you bought it from. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, I think the neck is problematic. I think that's. I think the neck is probably gone. You think so? I think the neck is probably a waste. I don't know, man. I, it says frets fell out. Yeah, frets definitely fell out. But I think if you defret this and you give it a light sanding and like a thick lacquer, I think it'll be fine. It, I think it really it really comes down to the truss. Yeah. Did the truss survive? Because I don't think any of this burn is deep enough to affect structural integrity. Right. It all looks just like a very surface, like super fast, hot burn. It didn't even have a chance to melt the knobs or the switch tips. It yeah. melted. I'm betting this thing was hanging on a wall. Mm. I'm betting the, uh, the tuning pegs melted because they were topper. They were closer to the ceiling where all the heat was collecting and the rest just got like a quick hot sear to it, you know, a nice sear. It's a kind of a sous vide guitar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sear there at the end. You want to cook it slow and low and then finish it off with some hot, quick. I feel like I need it. I need to have somebody prepare like something good for me because I don't, I'm not, I understand it in principle, 
but I'm not like into it. I'd like to, I, I'd like to get a sous vide machine, but it's also like the prep time thing. It's like you got to plan your meals. Well, that's what I mean. Way ahead, like so because I'm in like the Gordon Ramsay one minute per side camp with steak. So I'll pull a steak out. I'll like let it like sure. come up to room temperature for like fifteen or twenty minutes, and I'll do like a minute, minute and a half per side. Wow, that's quick. Um, are and, you doing uh, on a on a skillet or are you on doing a on a grill? Okay, on a skillet that makes sense. On a yeah. grill, you need more. I'll time. do like olive oil on a grill, and I usually go for like a rare to medium rare on my sure, steaks sure. anyway. So like the whole thing with like like uh, one of our one someone we know uh, posted their sous vide and it looked great, but when they walked through the process, I'm like, it's four and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea is like it's basically smokeless smoking. Yeah, because you're cooking at a super well, low temperature. Well, and what, I don't know if you saw, but they did sous, sous vide and then they did um, seared. Uh-huh. So sous vide, then like a like a I think they did like oven searing. So that was like tw- another twenty minutes, or no? I think they did a, qu- a quick sear and then they threw it in a smoker. Oh for gosh. 20 minutes it does sound like a lot of work so at that point like i literally added up i'm like this is like 20 minutes or this lo- is like sorry four hours four and a half hours it's a lot of work for a chunk of meat that i'm gonna choke down without yeah. breathing in a minute and and i was half. talking to somebody a friend of mine he's like well like if you're like if you're doing like true barbecue like that's how it is like you get up at three in the yeah, morning yeah. to do oh, when it i smoke stuff it's like a nine hour process yeah. and i'm like but I, I feel like i understand that more because you can't i can't achieve smoked yeah on my stovetop, I I I, I need to be this, convinced that sous vide is that is four and a half hours better than maybe my thirty minute. We've process. solved it here. Maybe this guitar didn't endure a hot fast fire. Maybe this thing was smoked. A slow cold fire. A slow cool fire. That's why the knobs aren't melted. Mm. That's why the switch tips aren't melted. It's because it never got hot enough to melt those. It just sat there, and it's like this guitar is like. A really well cooked brisket. That's all like right, burnt right. in there. You open this thing up and it's gonna be cooked to perfection. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah. This is, you know, it's a good thing that they didn't use jet fuel. <laughs> it would have melted all the steel yeah. beams that were inside of this. People are gonna be so mad that I said that jet fuel could melt steel beams. You don't have to melt the steel beams. You just have to get them soft and tender. Mm. This has become an inappropriate joke. Man, <laughs> so I could, yeah, what do, I could what go do you... over some burnt ends right now, though. I'm freaking hungry. <laughs> I know barbecue does sound good, doesn't it? Shoot, we we keep talking about what we're gonna do for our 300th, and I'm I'm liking the idea of us recording outside, yeah, and like throwing some junk stuff into a fire pit, and maybe having some barbecue, maybe have like just a couple friends over instead of doing the big party like we did for the 200th. Mm. Do you think that idea sounds good? Sure. We have to we have to figure out who to put on that list. Let us know if you think you should be on the list for our 300th episode party. <laughs> Go ahead and sign up for our Patreon. <laughs> we'll let you know if you made the cut. <laughs> but what what would you Here's an idea. If somebody signs up for Patreon at a high enough level, we will fly to you and do our 300th episode at your place. That's not the craziest. I don't idea know what that. that level would be. Probably like Pretty a th- high. three hundred dollar level. I was talking to Glenn Fricker at TGU. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry, boring TGU, TGU talk. And he has some. Uh, he has a Patreon supporter mm-hmm. that is big enough that Glenn traveled all the way to visit him in San Diego. Dang. Yeah. So is it? It was you, wasn't squad it? Squad goals. <laughs> No, some drummer guy. 
Uh, what do you think is a fair price for this? Assuming it is like the top tier prime example of an original. Mustang. I feel like it's splitting hairs. I know you went with 600, but I'm thinking no more than 400 and I need to see neck pocket pictures. At that, at those price range, it is splitting hairs. Um, I think the body at least is salvageable. And at that price, I think you're getting a cool Mustang body for 400 bucks. I think you're going to have, like, but I think I mean, it's going like, to be. I think like, it's going to be a cool looking guitar. I would need to ver- it verify that it's like, like a six, like a sixty five, sixty six. Sure, sure. But th- I'm saying in that scenario, yeah. Like if this is just some CIJ or something like that, right? Like give it away at this point. Mm-hmm. So give it the old red hot chili peppers. Yeah, give it away. Give it away. Give it away right now. All right. Yeah. I think we're done. <laughs> we're, t- we're complete. All right. I think we're the only podcast that vocalizes when our bits are done. I think the others just move on or they employ they, they try to the, segue the powers of editing to get past that. We have completed this portion of the podcast. You should Let's, just let us move on to the next portion of the podcast, just, Steve. You should just start dropping like two or like five millisecond like black screens countdowns so, so no no so i'm saying like just just enough of a of a of like a black line uh-huh. that it looks like you're cutting parts together but it's really just it's foot it's like you know straight footage straight footage two milliseconds of black and then more footage so there's like a yeah there's a jump like it's basically like i don't know, remove like three frames yeah yeah you, know, you ever see in interviews where all of a sudden like there's a shift and like a blending shift yeah. And that's because they're cutting out like a rambling part right. or like a misspoken word or something like that. And I never really understood what that was for until I started editing video. <laughs> and now I use it all the time. <laughs> but like the amount of editing I'm doing on this podcast, I could totally edit out these awkward bits where we say that the bit is over. But I'm not going to because I think it's fun. So uh, Also, you already complained ne- about your workflow being too long. What's new, Steve? I have a box. You're gonna unbox. FedEx. We're gonna unbox. Do Here I, we go. Is it? Should I say what I'm unboxing? I think you should reveal it once you've unboxed it. Oh, okay. It's not a surprise for you. It's, it's not, not a surprise, surprise for, for me. For, yeah. It might as well be a surprise for the audience as they're watching. They're watching right now, excited to see what's inside the box. They are living through you vicariously, and you are destroying the box in the most ridiculous way. Well, yeah. These, you might as well be chewing at it right these now. These scissors are not very good. Those are great scissors. I use those scissors for cutting Velcro, and they're perfect for it. Well, they're not good at cutting this stuff. They're not good at cutting FedEx envelopes. Did this come from another country? Oh, my God. Jeez. Steve is destroying this box. People, You should do more unboxings just for the carnage. I pulled it out the side. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, look, I got a bunch of bubble wrap. Cool. Hey, Yay. No, this is a um, Chalks is that from the Future it? Power Generation series. I was pronouncing my head Chalks. Chalks. No, it's Chalks. Chalks. That's why they have uh, one called the Chocolate. I always just assumed that was, you know, like a failed pun. Man, there's a lot. Oh, here we go. Finally there. Oh, you got this it. This is like a really great presentation oh, too with all this stuff uh this is the chalks dc7 this is super cool it's an ultra thin high power power supply um 
basically you can see on the front you've got uh, 9, 12, 15, and 18 volt settings for every output. And at 9 volts, it does 660 mil, uh, milliamps, which is pretty much like, I think for That's isol- plenty. I think for isolated output, 660 milliamps is close to, if not, it's the highest, I think it's the highest single output I've seen for a fully isolated. For isolated, yeah. For isolated. Obviously, yeah, if you have like a non-isolated, it kind of just, they dogpile. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are just a ton of features on this. It I'm is really, pretty dang thin. Look how thin that is. And like it's this thin, but it's a fully grounded power supply. And it's got that like like tough like rhino finish on it. And from what I understand, um, it has I, I forget what the technology is called, but basically you can use this in any country. It's got con- a USB. You can use this it. in like any country without like a converter. Like really? you don't have to buy like different versions. You don't have to like flip a switch. Like it switches internally. So all I don't you have know to if do I should be right like, impressed by that, but it sounds impressive. It's really cool. This comes with a bunch of like a bunch of the power cables. Um, the case on also, it is just super ooh, heavy. Three way three way daisy chain, so you can use a single uh, output to power. Like this would this is great because I like to daisy chain all of my um, my drives. Yeah. Um, and this is three plugs, and all of my chains are five plugs. This is perfect. Bunch of other stuff. I don't know what this. Oh, this is the grip bracket, which allows for easy mounting underneath a pedal train. Man, what board are you going to use this on? I don't know because I was going to use it on that little board that you gave me, but now I'm thinking this is big board material, boy. Seven Uh, outlets that you can split. More information: the chalks four. Here's some a couple pens. It's got these little mini switches on it, and you can decide. Like what kind of milliamps you'd get across different oh. voltages. So you can set it to, to 9 volt, 660 milliamps, or yeah. 12 volt, 500 milliamps, 15 volt, 400 milliamps, or 18 volt, 330 milliamps. Yeah, so this is just off this card. And I just realized what these cards are, which is cool. It's got a little thing the, on there to let you know how, this, how close you are to max yeah. load. So check this out. This is the 7. It came on top of here. Uh huh. If you want a 4, this is the size of the 4. Oh, this is the size of the five. What? How many of these cards do they give you? Here's the seven. Are these promotional materials that they send you? And here's the 10. This is nuts, man. This is cool. Yeah. So you're, if you're shopping, you could just get one of these cards yeah. and be like, yeah, that'll work for me. Or figure out what the size um, that you need. And is. yeah, like I was saying, the seven is the smallest and lightest. I have another power supply that I've talked about before on the show. Uh, that is also very light and small, but it is not this light and small. That thing is heavy duty, um, and it's like yeah, it's a one inch profile. It's a two stage switch mode. The total output on this, I think, is um, it's nine times seven times six hundred and sixty. I forget what that works out in in terms. Oh, total output power is forty eight watts. So that actually puts it in like the top, even though it's only seven outputs, that puts it in the top class for as in terms of power output because you think about like. A lot of your supplies out there are um, like nine by one hundred, right? So they're only like a twelve. I think that's about nine by one hundred is um, a sixth of forty-five, whatever that is. So what forty-five divided? It's like, that ha- it's like have, about eight watts. They have a proprietary cable there yeah. that uses like the RCA design. Also, you see that guy on the side right there, the little thing at the bottom. A little round thing. Well, there's that too. But I right noticed above the it, USB. This already. also has a USB port on it. Yeah. 
So if you have anything on your board that needs USB, like you you're use covered. like an iPhone or a tablet or something yeah, like that, as this part of your is rig. like super full featured. This is great. Um, That's ridiculous. Four dude. voltages on each on each outlet. So a lot of these power supplies that you get from companies, you can only pick, you know, one or two of the lines that'll do twelve or eighteen volts. This will do nine, twelve, fifteen, or eighteen on any line. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about it. It's got the little switching thing on every single outlet, so you can decide. Like, if you wanted all eighteen volts on this, you could. Yeah, every yeah. single plug be eighteen volts, three hundred three hundred and thirty milliamps. This is super cool. Oh, this is the selection guide for cable. What is going on with our lives where we're so excited about a box that delivers power (laughs) to other boxes? (laughs) Nerds. Yeah, I know, right? It is a bunch of nerds. (laughs) Um, I don't offhand don't remember what the price point is on this. I'll put links in the show notes. I mean, full disclosure, they sent this to us. And we were like, yeah, we'll like unbox it on the show, and Steve has use for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could use it too, but I've, I've, my power situation is handled right now. I think right you now. have more power supply. I've got you a lot of power supplies power around supplies here, but that thing is beefy, this dude. This is really cool. This and was the, a lot of cool just stuff. Just the dimensions of it is cool, because like, boards are getting thinner and thinner. Yeah. It's got higher demands for power from stuff. Like you want to do a mini past, board, you want to do whatever. Yeah, that thing will totally fit underneath a mini board. Well, and that's the thing. So this will fit under the mini board, but then it almost feels like a waste because it's so much I power. Know, I know, right? But like you could, uh, with that splitter there, you could power, you could daisy chain three of those things together and power an HX stomp off of that. Oh, yeah. You just have to get the right adapters going. There might they might be in I there. I think there's there is a Y adapter in here. Um, there's a parallel adapter. I, yeah, I think it may have the adapter in there already. I have to go through it all again. Um, that's super cool. But it's like you throw you put together a mini board. You use three of those outlets for uh, an HX stomp, and then you throw a couple other pedals on that board. I think you could, you should be able to do it with two outlets. Yeah, you're probably right because two outlets gets you thirteen twenty nine volt at six sixty. That gets you nine yeah, volts yeah. No, at, you can, at thirteen twenty. I think you, you can, add them up. I think I was able to power the HX stomp with eight hundred. Yeah. So yeah, you should be able to do so, two outlets. Super cool. Uh, again, check out the notes. Uh, we will be. I'll I'll bring in whatever I end up doing with this. I'll yeah, show yeah. you guys. It'll, it's gonna be fun. All right, maybe I'll just throw it on like my main board. It's just so tidy. Oh, just use it to power so like, power things in your house. I know. I'm, I'm Lamps, just going to start like dishwashers, <laughs> microwaves. Jeez, wouldn't it be buck wild if like because we've we've all been using these wall plugs forever now? Wouldn't yeah. it be buck wild if someday everything switches over to using nine volt little mini plugs from mm. the power? You just get a lamp and it's got the little barrel plug. I mean, with so many things going LED, like that's not a totally like yeah it's not out of insane. the out of the question and those things are kind of I don't of, know if they go to 9 volt because but I could see everything going to like USB yeah or some some tiny little plug those things are pretty pretty safe too yeah maybe it's just, it's there's a limitation of you know doing 120 volt off off the wall where like that current would jump across that small of a connection I'm still so He's got to pull it back this. out and look at it again it's one of those things where when it's you know, like you look at it online, you're like, okay, power supply. But once you're holding it in your hand, it is beefy. Yeah, it's a serious piece of engineering. Also, like I know again, stupid features, um, but all of the switches on the front are um, they're dip switches to select your voltage, uh-huh. and it's got the little map there, so you know what you're doing. 
Um, but part of that design is also because on a lot of other power supplies where you have voltage switching, it's just a standard toggle switch. So if you, you know, get bumped accidentally, if, you're, if your board's sitting like this and maybe it's on carpet and like you push down on a little and you have like exact clearance and you push down on it and slide it for some reason, all of a sudden you you're delivering 18 volts to your delay. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, <laughs> too much excitement over a power supply. <laughs> oh man, this is the part of the show where you ask me what's new, Ryan. What's new? Nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> you want to uh, do the first topic? Oh, sponsors. Yeah, this uh, this episode is sponsored by Chase Plus Audio. They have a new pedal out called The Mood. The Mood. The Mood. I still don't have it yet because we record two episodes at a time. <laughs> but I bet I, I have it in real life. And in, in when you're listening to this episode, I bet I've already produced some sort of content Hopefully. for it. Hopefully. Yeah. Anyway, it's a granular uh, looper delay. It's It does a lot of really cool stuff. Um, if it's Ryan, more creative than you are. It That's damn straight. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go check out the demo that Knobs did. Maybe Ryan's done a demo by now. Who knows? You think I'll have a demo done by now? Uh, Joel told me when he wanted to, me to release it, but I don't remember what that date is. They're doing instead of doing everything. Today is July first, Ryan. Instead of doing everything on the same day, uh, they're yes. doing a, a, a staggered launch with it. So let Chase Plus know if you prefer that. Uh, kind of thing because I know a lot of companies where they launch everything same day and some people get sick of it. Yeah, and that's some cool. people like it because they like a, I can watch everything all at once. I so, think that's kind of the way to do it. Sometimes if you like know. if you like the staggered launch versus the uh, the, the the deluge launch, then mm-hmm. let uh, let Chase Plus know for sure if that uh, if that appealed to you. Um, so yeah, go check out that pedal. I bet it's cool. I don't have it yet, but I'm really excited to check it out. And uh, check out all their other stuff too. Chase yeah. those audio pedals. They make pedals more creative than you are. Speaking of deluge launches, Ryan. <laughs> uh, wow, that sounded kind of. <laughs> uh, go on. <laughs> um, our first topic today is the new Squire Starcasters and the shock of sudden gear drops with no warning. So this happened. I mean, this is like I said, we recorded this yeah. episode two weeks ago. This happened to me last night. I'm sitting on the couch, yeah. cruising, uh, you know, Facebook groups on my phone while I'm watching uh, Star Trek Voyager. Mm. I've got to paint the scene here, dude. You're like way ahead of me in Voyager. You started after me, and apparently, you're just watching like 12 episodes a day. They, they ran out of stuff <laughs> on Hulu that I was interested in watching and Netflix at the same time. I was like, I'm just gonna start getting into yeah. Voyager. Um, so, anyways. All of a sudden, across all these groups, Starcasters start popping mm-hmm. up. Like, what is going on? And then I see the price. Freaking $300, $400 Squire Starcasters. Classic yeah. vibe and affinity lines in all sorts of really attractive colors. Yeah, so there's like the, all there's, sorts of different pickup loadouts. There's the classic vibe, There's which is the 400 There's the affinity at 300 And then there's the active, like, I, I don't know if it's a standard model or what, yeah, but it's yeah. an active pickup loadout that's also 400 So, like, the Affinity ones have open coil humbuckers, and Gross. the active one has active, uh, like, covered EMG style Yeah, the classic Vibe one is is basically a Squire version of the uh, Fender Pawn Shop. Yeah, the, the classic uh, Vibe one in Star that Caster. Sunburst, it made me feel things. And I'm like, there's too many guitars I want. Like, coming hot off of TGU, like... I walked away from TGU with like five guitars on my list that I desperately want. And it's like, I can't do this to myself. And then Squire drops this on me. Yeah. These super affordable guitars that look hot. 
they look really hot. They have the real Starcaster headstock on them. Which is actually like a feature. I think this has, I'm trying to think of I look at those. any other time in Oh, you know what? Squire had was putting out instruments with different headstocks in that when they were doing those interesting like the the like carved top models. I would have expected though for like a Squire affinity for it to not have the carve on the edge at all just for them to do the outline of the mm, headstock. Yeah. Uh, on the classic vibe, I kind of expect it, but still at four hundred bucks, and they come with wide range pickups that people are probably gonna complain about. But but whatever, I look at those things and like those are. It's mo- at least visually accurate. Those are mod bait. Yeah, like people are gonna buy those and mod those forever yeah. now. If if the classic vibe plays well, people are gonna you know people who really are purists are gonna pick that up and then they're gonna drop a set of Curtis Novaks or whatever. Like someone, some manufacturer who makes a true uh, wide range pickup. I mean, classic vibe stuff has been pretty good in the past. Maybe they nail it with these pickups. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're, pro- don't know. they're probably just, I mean, the construction method for the old wide range pickup basically doesn't exist. They're probably just their regular Duncan designs hiding underneath a, a yeah. cover. I mean, so they probably sound fine. They're probably fine. Uh, but yeah, it's like just the shock of that dropping on me. At like eleven o'clock at night, and I was like, "Great, now I can't fall asleep." Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about this these w- guitars that I haven't played, but I know, like in my gut, gas instincts, like, "Oh, I have to have these now." But this, which one do I pick? There's so many to choose from. This one seems a little early. You know, I've some people are saying, "Well, this is kind of like a gear," which it is like a couple days before Sweetwater Gear Fest uh-huh. uh, when this was dropped, or kind of like a maybe like a early on the early side for like a summer Nam release. And I think maybe what's I was I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about releases because also like Earthquaker devices uh just put out um a released a new pedal, which I think sold uh-huh. out like on the same day because it was like a limited, a limited run, yeah. Um the sun thing. Yeah. And it's I it's like a rat and a boost, right? I think yeah, something like that. Um and I think the deal with these squires and why it's more shocking is the fact that it's Squire. And when is a like literally when is Squire like, put out a semi hollow? Never. I mean, okay, like classic vibe telly, thin line. Sure. That's it. Ah, that's not a semi hollow. Right. Yeah. Um it's sem- it's semi hollow, but it's not a semi hollow. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't think that they've like I was saying before with the headstock thing, like I don't think they've varied off of the main Fender lines in, in like ten years. Sure, um, they did like the Squire Master Series had a had a couple different models in there. It definitely feels way out of left that field. That were it is, but it's not. Like it's not completely out of left field. It's actually kind of a move that I think people have wanted to see Squire do for a really long time, which was to do some of like Fender's like cool, like more yeah. interesting models on a Squire or Squire level. You know. Um, I'd love it if they came out with a, a Squire 12 string with that like hockey stick headstock. Right. Yeah. I'd pick one of those. Um, I mean, the question is if these do decently, will we see a Squire Coronado next? You know. And then you know they're they're saving some some build issues with these or build difficulty with them by not having a trim on them. Right. The uh, I think the Mexican version that they had previously, or the was it? Uh, Made in China version? I'm not sure where they it, were made. Uh, 
had a, an offset trim mm-hmm. versus the original style uh, uh, Starcaster trim. No, I'm trying to remember. So that saves like some build difficulty and build cost and stuff like that. They're just doing hardtail on these, which honestly is probably better. Yeah. Are you looking them up? So the modern player Starcaster was a hardtail. It, it was modern player. But then they uh, had the Coronado that had the trim, right? The so maybe oh if, yeah, I think the Coronados did. Um, I think the Starcaster has always had some variation. Um, so the one the newer Didn't have a, we, it had a trapeze tail piece or something. No, it had like a weird. Um, it had this weird. I'm remembering all these different variations of things. Did it have like it, it had, had like a Mustang it had this trim thing. bar thing on it? That's the. Mm-hmm. Huh. Then maybe I'm thinking of the Coronado. Because they went for a uh, for a tunematic style thing on it, right? Yeah, the newer All ones the are picture. tunematic. The cor- the um, the yeah, Coronados have a trapeze, and some of them have like a Bigsby. Okay. Or whatever the hell. That yeah, I thing think is. it's. I think it's smart that they went with a tunematic style. What is Fender called? Their tunematic because it's not tunematic. It's like it's the adjustomatic. Adjustomatic. Wait, is it adjustomatic? I wish they had gone for a, a fish pun instead of oh, tuna. Instead of tunematic. Oh jeez. What would it be? <laughs> the salmonmatic. That's, that is terrible. <laughs> the floundermatic. Yeah, I, you know, I think about it and like I'm thinking about this is kind of in the ballpark of a normal release time i think part of the shock on this is that it's such a surprise product from squire well, this is like kind of like epiphone teased the sl right before summer nam right, right around the same right. sort of time period i'm i'm praying that these are at summer nam so I can the sl was surprising because of the price point though at the end of the day like the sl is a product that makes sense for epiphone sure and i'm not saying this product doesn't make sense it's just that fender has kind of like always avoided doing something like this with the squire line so and I, I don't even think this is a risky product so what do you think getting back to the general sense of the topic not just this this uh guitar what do you think about? Or what are your thoughts on like getting sidelined by like a new product that gets announced? Are you ever surprised, Steve? Do you ever feel anything? That's what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to think of any other time. Like what is the least that that's happened? What is the least likely time for a product to launch? Labor Day. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if it's a holiday, then that's like it ups the chances. Like someone out there is gonna be like Labor it Day. Just go straight on the Labor Day Check sale. Check it out. Arbor, when's Arbor Day? Can we pick Arbor Day? No, I think anytime there's a holiday, you you're, you're Arbor are... Day's not a holiday. National Whatever. Donut Day. Next year, Doug Cower drop a pink cower on National Donut Day. You know what would be the biggest time to surprise people with a new thing? When, like, on Christmas Day, it's like. Check this out, assholes. You already spent all your money. <laughs> Here's a new product. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> On Christmas Day. Return all your presents. <laughs> Buy this. That would be a baller move for some like pedal company to be like, oh, you didn't like what you bought? Or you got what, what, you didn't like your present that you got? Hope hope your mom kept the receipt because you're gonna buy this with that money. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Check it out. That would be hilarious. This is the new delay. The new that new new. It's the it's a phase delay. Call it the face the delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. Uh, with all the Star Trek I've been watching, I've really been wanting a uh, gravimetric distortion pedal. Oh my 
everything is just gravimetric distortion. <laughs> so much techno babble on that show. It's ridiculous. Voyager is pretty bad with techno babble. Yeah. I just can't imagine being an actor on one of those shows and just being like, okay, I'm saying gravimetric again. Cool. Cool. Like I say yeah. that 20 uh, times every episode. Awesome. Yeah. They, they're just like, oh, and yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm only like, <laughs> I'm only like in the second season and maybe the third season of Voyager. So I'm, I'm pretty far back at this point, but, um, yeah, there's, it's pretty heavy. Like, Oh, also everything's be, a pulse. To be fair with, a, with my Voyager jump ahead, I did skip ahead to the seven and nine seasons. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I can't stand Kess. Because I know you were just like, oh, I don't know where you're at right here. You're, you, I, because I was telling you about the li- That's why you didn't see the lizards. I didn't see the lizards. So anyway, Steve. What- oh, my gosh, dude. Stop. I'll go back and watch the Kess episodes when I feel like it. Uh, why don't you like Kess? I just don't like her personality. Is that weird? She's just like a... She's weird, but whatever. She's like... It's like a, they were trying to do Star Trek, Dharma, and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good? It's a good, good comparison. <laughs> Actually, I'm laughing because I didn't think of Dharma and Greg. I thought of Daria. <laughs> I was like, I started laughing. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so anyways, like, what would it take to surprise you with, like, a gear release? I'm not talking about, like, the release date. I'm talking, like, what product would surprise you? Oh, man. Um, Gibbs or I'm uh, maybe Fender doing a, Steve's having a little stroke. No, give Fender. <laughs> I think it'd have to be like this kind of thing where like it's a product that like is unexpected. So like and a, like a if, price point that you if Fender believe. brought back like uh, what was it called like the uh, the uh, not the music the one that was like only like five of them existed because they were trying to like oh like the original Marauders yeah like, like that. the the Marauder where they were like scrapping. Uh, they did like, like the, the hidden pickup underneath the pit guard. Oh no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm talking about the one where they it, they were just oh, dual sonic like, bodies yeah, and yeah, they yeah, like yeah. cut, cut uh, out the bottom of it. Shoot, what was that called? Yeah, I don't remember. It was the one that was cut to look like a duck's foot. Is that what it was supposed to be? Yeah, I guess yeah. I can see that. I always saw it as a starfish. Was it a maverick? Maybe. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. So it'd have to be something like that. Um. I think that honestly, like the when uh, Ibanez a couple years ago brought the Talman series back as just a bunch of Fenderish, like yeah. in surfy colors. I thought that was pretty surprising. Like the timing wasn't surprising, but the product like was surprising. When Boss dropped the Waza Metal Zone, that was kind of like a surprise. Like what? The Boss Two Hundred series is kind of surprising because it seems like it's moving backwards. You think that's moving backwards? It seems like it's. Well, it's it's a it's a lower, uh, it's a more simple control set for like the five hundred series style of right. Well, that's what that's what I mean. But it's like you have the five hundred series, and they had the the uh, twenty series, right? And even like. It almost like I understand that it's, I look at them as a replacement for the twenty series, and I understand like that's the thing is they're supposed to, they are they kind of like sit in between the two, yeah. Um, but visually, it almost like it's a such a departure from like classic boss design 
that um uh, yes i mean it has stomps i got i got to hold them at tgu no big deal before anyone knew about them no big deal i didn't spoil anything by the way other manufacturers i didn't i didn't spoil the secret but anyway did somebody spoil them no no i'm just saying for all the people out there who worried about you know people spoiling things and they don't want to send stuff we out don't early, ever spoil anything never spoiled anything uh but anyway it's like in my hand like experiencing them i was like getting like uh you know like DD3 chills mm. off of the uh, the delay one. Like it has the right paint, it has the right like appointments. Right. Like it feels like a boss product that always should have existed. Like I don't know. I was re- I was really impressed by the form function of them, and I'm impressed by the price and the features because it it really does bring like kind of like a modern feature set to a smaller pedal size for something that does so many things. Right. Uh, cause you've got stereo and MIDI and all that sort of stuff working with these in a box that's smaller than the 500 series, a box mm. that's, I think it's well smaller than the 20 series. It was cool. Yeah. No, I think it is smaller than the 20 series. It, it, it the shape of it actually, and they re- look really nice. It but looks like the top w- jacks on everything. So you can put them right next to each yeah. other and do the Strymon thing with them. The layout of it all kind of looks like some kind of Euro rack deal. It's yeah. interesting. Oh. What about you, man? Or is the boss Waza Waza Metal Zone? Was that your choice? <laughs> I mean, any, anytime someone releases something that is appealing to me, I'm mm-hmm. like shocked because I feel like my tastes are unique. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would buy that. That's incredible. Unique. But really, I probably just have Ryan's the tastes same, are unique. The same unique taste that hundreds of thousands of other people have. I like the same dumb stuff as people who are just like me. I'm not like, I'm one of those girls that's not like other girls. It's the subreddit. I started following not like, not like other girls. It's all like people reposting memes that are just like, I'm not like other girls. I have a tattoo. Oh my gosh. It's bad. All right. This is entertaining. This next ad was sent by Matt Dawson. Uh, This is called custom built guitar. Apparently, uh, you know the whole story behind this Yeah, thing. so this starts with, hey, had to make some changes and repost due to some idiots, so here goes again. This is my second custom build and up for sale. This is in the UK Handmade Guitars and Equipment Exchange and Trade. Uh, this is my second custom build and up for sale. It sounds and plays amazingly well and looks gorgeous. The solid alder body is very lightweight, and it had lovely grain, so I've tried to show it off the best I can. It's got blah, 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 whatever. We don't, do I, it's got Vance and vint, Vintage 59 pickups. Uh, vintage pro pickups and paired up with Fender's Jimi Hendrix Voodoo Heaven. Sounds very similar to a well-known American company, I shall say. Put a lot of blood, sweat, and some tears into this build. Had the electrics done by Darren, some guy, blah, 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 whatever, just some other stuff. I'm in Scotland and willing to ship to uh, ship at buyer's expense or deliver if fairly local too. This guy's asking, at the time was asking 450 pounds. Um, That's a heavy guitar. Sorry for that joke. Yeah. There you go. This, okay, so first go to like one more picture. Uh, one more picture. Look at that headstock. What are that? What am I? Oh, the, the tuners are backwards. The tuners are backwards. And you put a six in line set on a three by three set. Yeah. Um, so somebody said, asked him, uh, machine heads are wrong and three strings on backwards. He said, I've changed the machine heads to. So basically, you can't just do that because at different times, like people have like called him out on it. Um, 
then this is in, I think, a different group. Uh, he says, I'm having to relist this again and again due to smart-ass know-it-alls who don't agree when I've used the word customize in my advert. Look it up in dictionary first, the word customize, before being a dick on my post. This is my second customized build I've done up for sale, blah, 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 I'm starting whatever. to get the feeling that the interesting thing about this ad is not the guitar. It's the person. Yeah. So basically this guy over and over, then someone asked him about it. He said, to my, uh, asked him what it was. I think they said like, oh, is this just a Fernandez Vertigo? And he said, um, not to my knowledge, okay, though I can see it has a similar shape. I bought the body off of eBay and the neck separately too. Then did the styling uh, also, the Fernandez looks like it has a quilted maple, and you can see the grain on my end top is something else. Um, so basically, this guy bought two different parts on eBay. The birds, the birds, I think, are just stickers. Yeah, you can do inlay stickers, which um, are silly. The freaking, I don't know what this headstock was, but... It does he have just a like, bit of like a Fernandez. He just took like a grinder to the whatever logo was on there and then replaced it. It's not a Vertigo. Is it not the Vertigo model? Okay, no, it's not the Vertigo. It's the it's the Monterey, maybe. I had a conversation about where we were like guessing on what it was, or no, it's like the. Do they have a model called the Firefly? I don't know. Maybe it's called. I'm just searching for Fernandez now, and I'm getting oh. a lot of soccer players. Yeah, that seems like a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, oh, sorry, it's the Dragonfly. Dragonfly. Um, I'll look it up. Dragonfly. So it sounds like this guy is just like... This is a Fernandez Dragonfly uh, body. Yeah, and, that does look similar. Um, yeah, that's it. And this it. is the Fernandez headstock from the back. This is the Fernandez headstock from the front. No, that's exactly what it is. It's a Fernandez Dragonfly, and there's one used here for $109. So what you're saying is you would not pay 450 pounds for, for No. This. I don't know anything about the custom work. Apparently, these Vanson pickups, Vanson is basically like the U, a UK version of GFS. Like Everything about this is this guy's basically asking you to pay him for a bunch of labor and because he ruined the finish right right no the, the guitar is a disaster as far as the pricing goes once you realize that he's just done a refin and a mod thing on yeah this fernandez and it doesn't matter if he bought the neck and the body separate because they belong together because they're from the same freaking guitar oh in another group he said um i used to like this group and sold a few things fine in the past by tickets full of smart-ass know-it-all arseholes. So leaving this hole and the dickhead that commented on my ad being abusive and harassing me can go take a flying f*** to yourself. And if you want to try to say the same to my face in person, then I'm game and see how badly you get hurt, mother Did you hear uh, the other, a few weeks back when I, when I censored you? Censored no. us? I recorded these little like fret sounds and stuff like that. It was fun. Uh, you can you, do it again? Yeah, I'll do it again. I probably oh. still have the file somewhere. I always just mark it as an E. <laughs> Did we get a complaint? It sounds like this guy's having like some sensitivity to like the guitar that he built. I mean, the thing that he did looks kind of attractive. The carve on the I think the, the carve looks fine. And- I think what he did to the headstock is a nightmare. Um, it's just like the way he like goes about it. It's like it's his his tude is all wrong. Yeah, and also it's like if I went and bought like a Squire body and slapped some rando no name neck on it or whatever, or a Squire neck, but from a different place, who you know, who freaking cares? 
and then like listed it as like, oh, I can't, you know, oh, customized, you know, got this, got this stuff. But it's like you didn't actually build anything. Yeah. And some of these groups are like building groups. I'm not even sure if there's that. I mean, I don't know even how much of a refinish there is going on. I think he took it back down to bare wood, and he. You think that's he went bare wood and then he stenciled the top. Like, look how rough the edges are on that top horn. Just the lines not straight. He taped that off. There you can see it's uneven there too. He taped off uh, like a stain thing that he wanted to do on the top here. Right. So he did kind of like a a home refin sort of fun concept. He was trying to do like that Ibanez uh, seven string. Kind of look, you know, that one that's got like mm-hmm. the wood edges, but then that like that green yellow burst on top. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, this whole story is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this guy, if he's having trouble in groups, he just needs to take a hint. And, yeah, like, clearly, he's like has no chill, got no chill, gotta have some chill. You know what? So, what's the fonts like? This guy needs to be like the fonts. Hey. Yeah, the Fonz is cool, right? Speaking of chill, this week's episode is brought to you by Dario. What does that have to do with chill? They're a super chill company. They're super chill, super chill guys. Uh, this Dario. week we're talking about the Universal Strap Lock. This is a uh, strap lock that can pretty much attach to any strap. You got a okay, okay, buttons. You got, got a clip, button here to go on your guitar. That, yeah, you got these clippy parts that'll go on your strap. Sure, there's a technical name there that I don't know. No, they're called clippy parts that clippy go on your parts. strap. Okay, cool. If you read the manual, that's what it says. Oh, there's a manual? There's no manual. There's no manual. There probably is a manual online. <laughs> um, yeah, man, these are these are really cool. We've talked about them before. They're designed by Ned Steinberger, and uh, they're just a great-looking product. They're really like this part here, I think, is a, for people like Ryan. I'm having trouble um, getting the other side out. Who have... Who like have had an aversion to other strap locking systems because they tend to be really bulky. I hate this the, is really I saw, simple. I saw some in a picture of someone's guitar the other day. Yeah, and they seriously stick out of the guitar like a freaking like bishop piece from a chess set. <laughs> and I like that these really do just sit so low profile. I'm going to install this one right now on this strap. It's two pieces to install it. There it goes. Took a freaking second. Now it's there on the strap, go, and that'll be compatible with its strap button, and then maybe some other strap buttons. Yeah. And all you do to re- to remove it is you pull the little tab, and it'll slide right off. Yep. And it looks super slim, super flat. It's not a big old bishop chest piece sticking out of your guitar. And I also like that it doesn't. It fits pretty tight. It doesn't clank around. I don't like the clanky feeling. Right. When you've got these locking tuners on it, not tuners, locking strap buttons on the guitar. And you can pretty much just do this all with a screwdriver. You finger did that with finger tie-in. Yeah, you just need a basic like Phillips head screwdriver for this part. Uh, compare even... that to like at least um, the tuning the strap locks I've used in the past. You have to have like a freaking like crescent wrench Jeez. or uh, a ratchet set to like because it's yeah. all nuts. No, this is all finger tight besides once you get the strap buttons on there, it's all just finger tight. You can yeah. swap it from strap to strap. Super easy. Very cool. It's great. All right. Uh, so check that out. Check out in the notes from Diderio um, in my show notes that I write. Steve Go owns me. those show notes. That's right. That's all Steve down there. Don't take my show notes. I'll sue you. <laughs> that is intellectual property right there. That actually, <laughs> that actually kind of is intellectual property. You should have included that the show notes as an you, as an sh- invention. If your show has notes, uh, 
<laughs> we invented that. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right. This next topic is brought to you by Ryan Burke. I thought this up weeks ago before I left for Germany. Yeah. And it's just been marinating in my head. Let's see if I've got any like actual good content to bring to you it. You don't. <laughs> but I had this thought or someone like someone else prompted this thought maybe in a group somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I don't If you came up with this, I'm sorry. I'll give you credit. If you if you ask for it, uh, so anyway, it's like what if you could only buy? This is a hypothetical. What if you could only buy uh, guitar gear that was appropriate for for your skill level? Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt this for a second. Great. What I would not be buying was this. David Gilmore's Black Strat sold for three point nine million dollars. Why? I guess that was a charity auction, but still, which charity? I don't know, man. million? Yep. That's almost $4 million. It's a black strat. (laughs) That's almost $4 million. It's a black strat for someone who plays through fuzzes and a pile of delays and stuff like that. It's not even like, oh, this one has the best, you know, like wood tone ever. Yeah. Jeez. Do people really love Pink Floyd that much? I guess so, man. That is right. Pink Floyd, right? I didn't screw that yes, up. Yes, Pink Floyd. Uh, back on topic, man. Uh, Gifford, and I mean, they've been around a while. It's so not- how good do you have to be to afford the $4 million black strat? Sorry, I interrupted I think you. David Gilmore should be the, probably the only one. Who I don't think he's it. good enough for that. Well, it is his strat. Yeah, but he doesn't live in this hypothetical. I don't know, man. Um, the problem with this question is if I'm only allowed to purchase gear that's fit for my level... I'm probably not allowed to purchase gear. <laughs> no, there, there's student-level stuff for a reason. Like, y- you will still always be able to buy gear no matter how bad right. you are. Like, but imagine, like, you have to take a test. Like, like okay. What's it? There was something that I would this only on, be allowed like, to play, like, Squires and Epiphones then. There was, there's some company that's, like, you had to prove your ability before oh, you could buy their product. Right. Who was, I forget what it was. Wasn't it like a guitar company? I don't think it was a guitar company. I think it was something outside the guitar world. Man, I don't remember. Maybe it was a guitar company, and it was like you have to send in an application with you playing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. This sounds familiar, it was, but it was I don't weeks remember ago exactly that, what it is. That I had this thought. Yeah. All right. So like, what if every company did that? It was like you have to like register your abilities and like show what you can do. And someone figures out like what like your rating is as a guitarist and what is like appropriate for you to buy. I feel like I would be capped at like um, a five hundred. Like I wouldn't be allowed to buy anything over like five hundred dollars. Maybe. Well, I guess in today's market, it's like I would be capped at like maybe seven hundred new. What do you think the rating system would look like? Um, you think it'd be like alphabet number? Like you'd be like, oh, oh man, I'm an I'm an A fourteen alphabet and number. No, I think that's I don't think there's that it'd many pro- tiers. It'd probably be a. It'd be well, it'd eventually be tiers. I a think number, but it'd like probably a, just be letter grade. I think it'd just be like letter grade. Um, but I think it would be or like stars. Stars. Yeah. It'd have to be like a 10-star system. think that many? You think there's that many tiers? People would get into it, dude. People would like lose sleep over half a star. I'm thinking like one star is like... It would be a 20-star system because there would be half stars. Oh, my gosh. 
I'm thinking five stars. First star is like student brand um, new. sub two hundred dollar. Uh huh. Two stars is like sub seven hundred dollars. No, two stars is like maybe sub four hundred dollars. So you're still stuck in Squire. Three stars is like Mexican Fender. Maybe some Korean imports. So maybe that kicks you up to like nine hundred. I don't know, man. Because I don't it's think t- I'm a, I think I, you need ten stars. I and I think I think if it was reality, I think people would get into half stars and they would take it super seriously. And then eventually, some company would come out and be like, "We built an eleven star guitar," and people would crap their pants. People would lose their minds. Eleven stars. Oh no! No one. Can- I'm still stuck at eight. The problem with the eleven star guitar is the no one knows what it sounds like. The builder just put it together. Not even the builder can play. Yeah, it. Not even the builder. That's the, to play that's it. the real problem. Is that most of these builders are twos and threes at best. <laughs> well, if the builders we know are twos and threes, then I'm definitely a half star. <laughs> Quar- is it? Can we get quarter stars? I hope this becomes a real scale that we use oh to describe ourselves in the in the group and stuff. It's always funny, like in the different groups I'm in, where people are like, "Oh yeah, here's my video from, here's my video from my last gig, here's my video from church on Sunday, whatever." Like, uh, video on church on Sunday, trying out the new drive. I don't really think I had it dialed in right, and uh, it was kind of sloppy on this one lead. And I'm watching. I'm like, I can't do any of those things. There was a video that popped up in a group. Obviously, um, of, you know, some attractive young woman playing a lead on an electric guitar and pretty much nailing it. And it was really like a pretty intense, intense piece. But like everyone in the group is just like, oh, great. Just another girl who gets likes because this and that and her looks or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. She's way better than I am. And I know a lot of people could say that. But like, this is my job somehow, too. Yeah, and like I should be better for what I do. There's definitely like a weird. I mean, not to get off the subject of stars, but there's definitely like a weird. I think it. Like I would say, I would say that she was like a six to seven star, right? And I consider myself probably a three star. I think there's definitely some jealousy that in that definitely inhabits a lot of these groups where people say, "Oh, this person is getting attention." Sure. And a lot of times it's like people are even saying that this person is getting attention over attention that I think somebody else should be getting. But in a way, what they're really saying is the the musical taste that this person appeals to is inferior to my musical taste. There's a lot to unpack with those things. Oh, yeah. But I think that's at yeah. least like a big component of it. You know, it's like we we did have the topic come up that was like, who are the better brothers, the Jonas brothers or the Hanson brothers? And people are like, Oh, both group, both of those guys are hacks. What about, yeah, the- but which one is better? Yeah. But like, it doesn't what- matter if they're both. Hacks or maybe it was just like, who are the best musical brothers? And then people are like, well, what about the, was it the towns brothers or the van, the van Zants or the almonds 
or the whatever the names of the sure sure. So it was brought up of I'm, like of I like bet there's brothers out there that we don't even know about. There's like the recent best music. There's like recent brothers, and so they were like comparing. What about the movie Brothers starring Will yeah. Ferrell and uh, no Step Brothers? They're Step, step brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like they're like, oh, what about the Gre- the guys from Greta Van Fleet? And then someone's like, Greta Van Fleet's just a cover band. And I <laughs> I didn't comment, but I really want to be like Greta Van Fleet. Never heard of her. So. Like who's someone that you think is a ten star player? Man, and what guitars can they buy? I mean, basically at, at ten stars, like you you just get whatever guitar you want, and like like someone out there is crafting a guitar for you over years. It's like a custom order sort of thing, and it costs millions of dollars. It's that or it's that auction guitar or whatever. Um, and is there anyone that qualifies? You know, I mean, I don't know, like how. How regimented is this? Because at, at what point is it just like, well, you're a professional touring musician. Like, part of me feels like this should just come down to, like, a pay structure. Like, how much money are you making? No, I feel like... Because, like, are people pissed off that, no, like... because I, I feel like people who aren't making money should still be able... Because a lot of these guitar companies are propped up by the hobbyists. That's true. That's so true. they've still got to be able to pay to the hobbyists. And there are some ripping hobbyists out there. Like professional uh, status doesn't mean someone has or doesn't have talent. I think it's there's got to be some sort of independent organization where you submit your application and you send in a sample of your playing uh, or you have to go and perform it live and then they judge your star count. But okay, so here's the issue though, right? Like going back to this. This is a um, lot of infrastructure. Yeah, to, there's to, way too much infrastructure. To control people buying guitars. Um, the, I mean, the entire is industry is really propped up by twos and threes buying nine and tens. You know, <laughs> that's where most of these guitar companies make their money. Let's um, be honest. I am not seeing it right now. Oh, there it is. Do they have a price? Um, so I would say, like, I think most, a lot... Depending on who you, where you go, a lot of critics would say that um, John Mayer at best is like a sick star guitarist. Like, oh, he's good, but he's not like he's not really that good. I feel like when you hit six, you're hitting some kind of level of technical, like like measurable accuracy and then everything beyond that is just like artistic interpretation of what's good. Well, that's, you know? a, I mean, and that's like an issue too, I guess with all of it, uh, where I'm, where I'm asking or what the question I'm coming from and I cannot find a price for it, um, is before the John Mayer silver sky, uh-huh. John Mayer signature PRS guitar was the, uh, PRS super Eagle which is like a $10,000 right. guitar. So that's, I feel like at that point, like that's definitely. So you think he had to step down because it, the guitar was outside his skill range? Yeah. I'm saying like, if you're using the scale, like did PRS build him a, a nine or 10 star guitar, but then they were like, Oh no, you're really only a six star guitarist. So we're going to give you a different signature model. I feel like the silver sky is like a solid, like five star guitar. Okay, so it's but so I then John being that, a six works. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, he like like he's got a guitar that's slightly below his his playing start level. Okay, and it's more marketable that way. You know, what do you think about the concept of like if there was a brand or if there is a brand? That's Wait, like, who's grading the guitars? 
That's a, that's another like whole other because, like, level of bureaucracy. Because again, like, and I've told this story like a bunch of times on the show. Years ago, I went to uh, Guitar Center and I played four Telecasters, four different tiers uh-huh. uh, of of official Telecasters. So from a Fender branded, Squire branded, authentic, play authentic. Um, the uh, so I played like an American Tele, a couple different American Teles. Uh-huh. I played the Squire CV. And I like I think a standard telly or maybe a, a modern play or something. And the Squire C V I thought was the best out of that four. On a price if we're just thinking off a price point, I feel like the C V telly is like a two, maybe like probably a two star, three star sure, sure. price point. But from a playability standpoint, I was like, wow, this is probably like a five star telecaster. But then does every single instrument and it was weird that you thought that back then because we hadn't developed the star system. Yeah, right? yeah. Um and then does every mo- guitar that comes out of the factory have to be individually rated? So, like, maybe you have, like, you have, even though they're all the same price point, you have Fender American Strats that are, like, seven-star Strats. Sure. But then you also have Fender American Strats that are, like, four-star Strats. But they're all $1,500. Yeah. I mean, it's it, we just have to trust. I feel like I'm more interested just, in breaking this system than just, using no, this. That's system. how you make a strong system is by breaking it and, and fixing it. We we just have to put our trust in the the system in the guitar council. The guitar to who's make, on the guitar to make council? the wise decisions. So, the guitar council is what Dan, Mick, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun if it was you know like people in our world. <laughs> that were on the council. Uh, what do you think about this in reality? Like, if there is or was a guitar company that's just like, I'm not, we're not going to build for you unless you are playing at a certain level. Like, we do, like, think of it like as a company that like builds, um, you know, like equipment for like, like famous athletes or something like that. Like, right. we're just not going to build stuff for anyone. Like we're focused on building for like the true people of skill. We're building, we're making the, uh, the Hansa Hori swords or whatever the name is, you know? Right. Like you have to earn it. Hattori Hanzo. Hattori Hanzo. Um, yeah. I... Do you think that that's a viable business plan? Do you think like that's fair? Do you think people would get upset? Like I don't... Some, some rich dude out there who's a two-star player but he has money to blow on a twenty grand guitar, but the the guy making him who doesn't make a lot of money because he's only making two guitars a year, right? Is is like no, I won't. Is yeah, that is I that noble because or is in a that sense, like I w- foolish? In a sense, I I mean, how close is that? And maybe you don't know the answer to this, uh, but how close is that to how like Dumble has operated? Like I mean, that's basically it. There's you know? an extremely limited number of Dumble amps, and anytime you hear about like a new Dumble amp, which I don't even know when the last time, because I I don't really know that much about Dumble to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, like, how often are their products coming out? And um, it well, seems for, like it seems like the impression they, I got is that all, all Dumbles were basically customs. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. So I think they were all pretty much just made. For like individual players, right, right, like two, and they were all like finely tuned to that person, yeah. Or whatever. Like, I don't know if any of this is true, but I read somewhere that like when you when you met with him and like signed up to get a Dumble, he would have you sit down with like a bunch of like deluxe reverbs and a bunch of champs, mm. and like have you pick which ones you liked, and then he would like kind of build the amp around right. that like initial 
Yeah, I, I honestly like I have no idea. I don't I don't know, but I feel like that's the closest. And you can't forget equivalent you know, I can think the, of the crystal lettuce and everything that goes into this. Yeah, things. it's green. It's crispy. <laughs> yeah, it's crystal lettuce. Crystal lettuce. Only the finest crystal lettuce goes into a dumble salad. Oh, <laughs> no, you got anything else on this? I don't think so. I think it's a fun concept. Yeah. I I hope that in our social medias we just start talking about let, let us know stuff the, in in ten star terms. Definitely let us know in the comments uh what how many stars of a player you think you are. Yeah, or like maybe we should come up with a ten star rating system for guitars and for gear and be like, sorry guys, this is a nine star pedal. It was almost there. It was almost perfection. It just couldn't mean get it. Like nothing is ten star. Yeah, can 10 like star if, even exist? If someone claims something is 10 star, then everyone has to like call BS and call them into the court right. of guitarists to argue their case. And it takes years to clear something as a 10 star. Uh, last ad. Let's do some housekeeping. Uh, I got a little. Yeah, Let's I know. Sweep right? it clean. Uh, I got a little housekeeping. I'm trying to find the next ad, actually. I don't know what it's under. Um, anyway, housekeeping, real quick. Housekeeping is where we celebrate the people. <laughs> Gosh, this is terrible. Just a quick shout out to Elston Gray, who joined uh, the Inner Circle at the $10 level, supporting us through Patreon. And we got three $1 supports from Podbean this week. Um, but I don't, like, the names are just gibberish because that's how Podbean kind of operates, yeah. is it's just like numbers and letters. So uh, thank you if you're one of those people. Whoever um, you are, we love you. Definitely, I will say that I won't say that we've, like, phased out. We're not phasing out Podbean, but. Uh, it's definitely communication goes a lot more smoothly through Patreon. So if you're thinking about supporting the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehom. It goes into a lot of the things that you see, the wall behind us, not the gear, but the actual, the like, actual support, physical wall, the, physical the, wall the, the string sling. The cameras swing. and lights in this room, the microphones. All that stuff, all yeah. this infrastructure. And plus we get to send Ryan to Summer Nam. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes we do some travel and some fun extra bits. So anyway... Uh, thanks for supporting the show, Elson Gray and three rando pod beans. This last ad was sent by Justin Sveck. He said, now this would be a pedal shelf to rule them all, and it would smell like fresh kicks to boot, pun totally intended. This is a retail shoe wall, fixtures for sale, store closing, only $40. Do you think it's $40 per unit? I think it's, it's $40 per section. Uh, this caught my eye because when our uh, Babies R.S., was closing. Oh yeah. I was going in there and looking at all the wall dividers that they had for sale and mm -hmm. they were like dirt cheap and like beefy. And it was before I built the set behind here. And I was seriously looking at them like, should I do movable wall sections for this? Because I would have been able to hang like guitars off of them and have movable right. sections and stuff. But I was just like, no, it's it's too much extra work and I'm not actually gonna move stuff once I have it set. So I feel like these could work. But this is pretty cool. This it's it's the the wall from a shoe store yeah. that you would put all the shoes on. I feel like they're too deep. They are pretty deep. But you could stick amps on those and speakers and stuff like that. Like the the idea of, of buying like retail closeout like mm -hmm. shelves and stuff like that is really interesting to Let's me. Let's go find some more stores that are going out of business. What do you think <laughs> this is? A footlocker? Something like that? Something like that. Isn't Payless closing down all their locations? But I don't think Payless had anything like this. I, might, might I, I never saw shoe displays in Payless. So it's probably a Foot Locker or something. Yeah, this seems more like something on that line. But I think if... if Also, it's red and black. I think the shelves are a little bit too deep, but you could probably tweak these to become 
like a really cool pedal shelf. It probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be strong enough to support amps. Actually, you don't think so? Yeah, I think it'd you be. You throw a big heavy pair of Doc Martens on there. That's heavy. I know it's not heavy as an amp, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also kind of like a cool wall. Like if you had a big living room mm-hmm. and a big open wall, that would be kind of like a cool thing to look at. And you put your little knickknacks yeah. and framed photos and stuff on it. I don't know. This is like a super off. This is a thing. good. Uh, this is a good wall if you are collecting EHX, classic EHX pedals. Yeah, big box format. So you don't think those shells are strong enough to hold an amp? I don't know. I just. I don't. I wonder if you could. I wonder if they're strong enough that you could could bolt a string swing onto the front of each one of those shelves and hang guitars. I mean, I think you could do that. But the other thing with an amp too is like once you get above like five feet, you can't really do anything. I know. I know. Or you could just put this in your gigantic closet that you have for some reason and put all your shoes on them. That's probably what somebody did. <laughs> if you're like a if you're a sneakerhead, yeah. Oh, well, that's perf- true. Yeah. Or you could buy these and open a shoe store. There you go. All right. Dumb off topic thing. Sorry, I wasted your time. All right. Bye, everybody. No, we gotta do a song. Down Stay grounded. Jeez, this week's song was sent in by Sonoran Surfers. They oh, cool. say, "Hi, Ryan and Steve. We've been working on this surf rock band in Arizona." We finally recorded a rough demo that should be available through this email. We are always engaged in listening to Ryan talk about drippy reverb and praise for the boss katana. We love both of these things. This demo was really haphazardly put together. I'm a novice, but moreover, the recording process doesn't particularly excite me. I placed an SM57 on my Silverface reissued Deluxe Reverb, forgot my tube screamer at home, and was straight into straight from a Fender Jag player series into the amp. I had brought my mod kit spring reverb, the Wave which I love a lot, but was having technical difficulties and decided not to use it for the recording. The bass was a rogue Hofner style violin bass that we DI'd into a mixer into a digital task and recorder. I intended to use two mics for the drums, but couldn't decipher the crazy spaghetti cables all over the floor of my drummer's home. So I ended up only using one unknown dynamic mic on the drums. <laughs> we intend to do a better professional recording or a better recording that will be professional later, but we felt the urgency to have some kind of recording floating around somewhere. We are the Sonoran Surfers, and we make instrumental surf rock in from Arizona. We write songs about the experience of the desert that we live in. We listen to 60 Cycle each week and enjoy the podcast and YouTube videos a lot. All right. Uh, thank you guys for sending us this song. We're going to play the song called Haboob because Haboobs are, like, really weird to watch videos of. And so They're I like a big a sandstorm thing, right? Yeah. So I like that one. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded. <laughs>